if you forgot or were tired of hearing Black Lives Matter, this podcast ain't for you. If you thought you were going to meet my baby, this podcast ain't for you. And if you're still pronouncing that word for an internet joke, you've had all this time in quarantine to figure it out. As Mimi, this This podcast podcast ain't for you. Welcome back, y'all. Howdy. Salutations. All the hellos. Welcome to You Mad It's a Meme, the podcast where we discuss the things you thought you gave a fuck about this week. This is your boy Chuck. Jordan. And yeah, man, we we had a little hiatus. Uh, Blame it on the COVID. Blame it on 2020. It's been rough and it's getting rougher. Uh, And blame it on my new daughter. She is here. My baby girl is here. uh, Healthy. Uh, Just to give y'all a recap. uh, Tell y'all a little story. Uh, We went into the hospital. uh, I forget the day. It was a Sunday. uh, I guess the 7th. June 7th. uh, And we go through. uh, Or really diva. I just sat around and fucked around. (laughs) I ain't do much. Uh, we go through damn near 48 hours of labor. They're trying to induce Khadijah. Finally, the doctor comes in. It was like, look, we can keep trying at this bullshit or <laughs> we can just go ahead and do a C-section. Khadijah just kind of jokingly was like, let's do a C-section. And the doctor's like, I bet 30 minutes we in the goddamn uh, operating room. <laughs> they was like, all right, she calls somebody. One nurse leave out. She come and give me a full jumpsuit. <laughs> Full little, I had the onesie on, uh, with the with the hat and the beard knit and all, and goddamn, uh, they put Diva on the table, they pulled Charlie out. Charlie had a little complications breathing because she was a few weeks uh, early. Uh, she goes to the NICU, uh, and then we get our baby, uh, nice and sound, healthy. A few days later, uh, and she's been with us for two weeks. Uh, she was born June uh, 9th. Takashi, baby. 6'9". Yeah, man. Day after our <laughs> wedding anniversary. Uh, so, <laughs> everything has been glory. It is definitely challenging being a parent. Uh, but I like it. It's fun. I fuck with it. <laughs> Daddy Chuck is a whole vibe, y'all. You have to you see know- it in person. The people at my job didn't know that her real name was Khadijah. They just thought her name was Diva. <laughs> people, people, no matter who I talk to, I'll <laughs> say like Diva and either they're thinking like Diva is another person. They don't know it's my wife. Like they never correlate the two. <laughs> and it's just always been what I call her. People are like, That's, yeah. you mean your wife? Your That's wife Khadijah me. is Diva? Like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> one in the same it just made sense so fun off diva diva right it just it fell out the sky <laughs> shout out to uh my roommate damien me and him were just talking in front of khadijah damien, like motherfucking bird. damien motherfucking bird <laughs> uh so yeah man uh i am the the typical dad i'm hella protective i don't be going by my little girl uh and it's all amplified because of COVID. And mm. uh, I want people to see my baby. But uh, number one, if I don't trust you, if Chuck Rigsby don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you. You're not going to meet my daughter. And if <laughs> I trust you and fuck with you 
and you've been out in these streets or not in my vicinity in the DFW area, my nigga, you're going to have to put on a mask. And that's what I'm doing <laughs> with my TK friends. Uh, I love you, but uh, put on a mask, nigga. You breathe in different air than I am. And let me tell you something. Where they are not concerned about masks is sex or motherfucking Canada. Because I was one of two people that I saw wearing a mask in every place I went in. Shit. And also, I got mocked at the hotel. This man made fun of me for. Uh, he was like, "No, we can really social distance in the elevator, ha ha ha," because he didn't have a mask on. I was the only person in the hotel wearing a mask because I just thought it would be comforting to everybody that, like, clearly I'm from out of town and I'm coming in with a mask on. But instead, I got made fun of. <laughs> well, I tell y'all what y'all finna do is uh, stay your ass back inside because we back on lockdown. Uh, <laughs> we America can't get shit right. And COVID cases are rising the fuck back up in every state that matters. And uh, it's bad. Mm-hmm. We're back to square one. We started right it's, back at fucking one. What's crazy is it's almost like there was scientific data that could have predicted this. You would think. Look, look, I think we was doing okay. And a few things happened. Number one, it started getting hot outside. And you know how niggas is with the heat. They got to go. <laughs> An act of food. And then all the protests started. And that just had to amplify everything. Well, based on data, though, it does not seem like the contact points are from protests for the most part. Oh, Like most of the spreads they've been tracking have not been connected to protests whatsoever. Oh, well, that's good to know. I'm mm-hmm. glad that Black Lives Matter, you know, didn't start this shit again. No, just it was like... More about the fact that we opened everything up way too fast, way too quickly. Look, the economy was failing. And one thing America ain't going to do is not make money. <laughs> so what the fuck So said the economy is going to struggle for another three to nine to possibly 13 months. <laughs> if Donald Trump is giving another check, I'm OK with that. All right. Where that check coming from? The same place the first check came from. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Donald Trump don't know either. <laughs> Trump give us Nothing another. Nothing matters because all currency is fake at this point. But still, exactly. I don't care. I use my plastic card to swipe to buy things, and typically <laughs> there's money on it. So, if you want to give us another little blessing, you know, I'm not gonna be upset. You won't get my <laughs> vote, but thank you, Donald. Greatly appreciate it. Today, he tweeted a video that had someone clearly saying white power in it. Mm, I'm not surprised. It was, it was swiftly deleted, but naturally. But Donald he's not Trump racist. Probably like, he's not racist. He doesn't support like, racists. I like this video right here. And someone, <laughs> somebody in his cabinet was like, oh, Mr. Trump, they said white power. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Quickly trying to go back to your timeline and delete it. My nigga, you're the president of the United States. A million people seen that shit the second you posted it. So it's bad. So in um, with everything that's been happening, I don't even know where we left off last. I don't know if the last thing we recorded got posted or not. <laughs> hey, uh, let me tell you about that real quick. Uh, okay. Uh, George Floyd got heinously murdered. Uh, we took a week off because we tried to record. And uh, when we got on, it just didn't feel right to record then. Uh, we waited a week and we recorded again. Uh, and we sounded ridiculous. Like, <laughs> it just didn't feel right to post. It didn't have any, like, 
substantial contexts are. Yeah, it didn't add anything productive. It was the same feelings that a lot of people were feeling, and we were all over the place. And add on, uh, that was right before uh, we was leaving out to go to the hospital, uh, Charlie Eve. So uh, <laughs> it, it didn't get posted. Uh, it was it was horrible. And then, you know, I got back home and been trying to be a parent. Uh, Jordan was handling the personal shit. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of shit going on. So it's we're, we're trying. We, yeah, we it talked really about is. recording. 20 <laughs> the thought that counts 2020 has been so ridiculous on so many levels because it's like it, it, it's layers to this shit there's like national issues and international issues happening and then international progress happening and then national issues happening and then national progress happening and then literally personal issues happening but personal progress happening yeah. it is the weirdest contradiction and like it just and it's so much to process and try to get through and then also try to figure out where to go from here (laughs) it is so strange and it's we are people that have always survived on turning to humor and in some situations you just can't be humorous (laughs) right and it So for us in those situations, it's really hard to process. And it's the reason why we've always connected um, forever. Like, we've always had the same viewpoints, even before we knew what those viewpoints were. Like, we just knew we felt the same about certain shit, politically, socially, whatever. And we just knew that no one else that had the same experiences we had also felt that way. And so, I feel like I'm rambling yet again. But (laughs) it's weird we almost always have an answer for everything or a right. way to process or a way to get through something. Or at least that's a how point we've of view. Functioned. Yeah. And that's how we've always been able to like adapt to different situations. That's why both of us know a lot of people. There's a lot of y'all that know us personally. And it's real weird to be in a situation where you don't feel like you have the answers at all. Like you don't even right. know what to say or what to do. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, that it wasn't good content for the pot. So, that that one is in the uh, you mad is a mean vault and will never see the light of day. I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> we want to get to so, some some bullshit or oh, also one one more thing uh, about the Charlie shit. Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, helped me out on the video. One thing that did come out of the uh, podcast that wasn't released me and Jordan start rambling about an idea I had about how I always was going to have my first child and recreate the Lion King scene uh, where Rafiki is holding up Simba to the on Pride Rock or whatever. And uh, with Jordan's help uh, and us doing some brainstorming, we came up with the idea of having my friends and family uh, do viral videos and then send them to me so I can recreate the uh, the intro. And it turned out pretty cool. So I posted on Facebook. Uh, I don't think I put it on Twitter, but uh, it was a nice little thing I could show my kid later. Absolutely. We should, maybe we should, we could clip that and post it. Just us brainstorming that. And then the final product that came from the brainstorm. Yeah, I could do that. We'll come back to that. (laughs) We'll circle back. Um, So something I don't think we've actually said on this, on the actual podcast, which I don't think we really need to, but we will. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Of don't come here with that all lives matter bullshit. We not here for it. 
and we never will be. Weren't before it, haven't been for a long time. Didn't take George Floyd to, for us to say that, but if it's what opens your eyes, fuck it, let's run with it and let's go. George Floyd was a catalyst to something. There's a change that we can feel. Right. And there's been a lot of virtue signaling, a lot of like, well, this is what everybody else is doing, so this is what we need to do too. Now, after this, the burnout is coming. We have to figure out how to hold these people accountable to the things that they're saying. And I feel like some of those things are happening. For example, today, Mississippi finally voted to get the fucking Confederate flag off of their state flag. Yeah. This this is an interesting time. I didn't think in my lifetime shit like this will actually come into play. Like, we've always had discussions about East Texas in particular and how fucked up and how crazy it is. And it does have elements of, like, the Confederate flag and, you know, not necessarily white power, but, you know... Uh, bigot uh, thought process and just to see like it trickling from the top down like if you can get rid of the the confederate flag in Mississippi or NASCAR where all these white motherfuckers are dwelling that will at least change the next generation's thought process if they know their fucking state flag isn't the bullshit from the fucking civil war five years yeah at least let them question things instead of just accepting things for fact and thinking that it's cool right until they get to college and then walk into a woke sister who tells them like no motherfucker everything you ever thought is incorrect exactly one hour dialogue will fuck up your whole childhood as soon as <laughs> Let me you get, get you to some college. history. No one ever taught you. Yeah. Come here, child. Come here, to, sis. And then try to act like she's the not <laughs> she's making shit up. Right. I, here's a fact about me and my privilege. The first time someone just told me offhandedly about the Tulsa um massacre, I thought it was it was fake. Like I was like, that can't be real. There's no way I never heard about this in school. It's a town less than five hours away from where I grew up. How could we have never talked about this in history class? So I immediately went back, started researching it, and was like, what the actual fuck? This shit is absolutely insane. Which then led me to more research for the Red Summer. This was years ago, probably right after I graduated high school, actually. Mm. Um, And it's just, and that's one of those things where you have to check yourself and not immediately be like, you're wrong, (laughs) or there's no way, or that can't happen. And that's the biggest thing that I've been seeing happening is people for once accepting what they're hearing and instead of questioning it or the intent, just hearing it and believing it and understanding right. it and going and learning more about it. Yeah. It, that the, you know, Tulsa massacre, Juneteenth, all the things <laughs> that the white history books have erased completely uh, from history are now like just coming out. And the fact that, some companies are celebrating Juneteenth now are, you know, acknowledging Tulsa even fucking happened is a step in the right direction. It's very refreshing to hear and see. Mm -hmm. There's a whole movement right now. And I've shared some documents on my Facebook um, to rebuild the neighborhood that was leveled during the Tulsa massacre and to bring it back to its former glory, as well as some history and museums for schools to be able to visit and learn about it as thoroughly as you would the Holocaust or something like that. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, but one thing you can't recreate 
is a wealth that I mean you can in uh, no that's rep- true that's very reparations true. but the wealth that was in that community and the just imagine if Tulsa never got burned down and that mm-hmm. was an impactful community and that spread out to Texas and then Arkansas mm-hmm. and then that there was a city been, in Arkansas during the red summer that also was leveled at the same time it was just that Tulsa was the the, the highest level yes yeah. just imagine where we would be if we were able to, even if just a wild, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, hypothetical, a wild hypothetical situation. Just imagine if there was, we were still segregated, but black people were as equally as fucking wealthy as your neighborhood <laughs> white people. And then we can actually fuck it. If we, if that's mm-hmm. what it was, that's what it was. But we, even when we was making the right direction, you fucking tore that shit down. Even now, mm-hmm. when we try to make the right direction. We get pulled over by police. We are, you know, slain unjustly. It's it's fucking ridiculous. But 2020 may be the the start of the revolution. One can only hope. At least, man. Just give us the same fucking playing field, man. Quit locking the brothers up. Quit fucking doing our sisters wrong. We, we just want to eat at the table, man. That's all we want. Mm. Goddamn. But what the it's not funny, but it is funny. It's these Karen situations mm-hmm. and how Karen's are now number one. That is that's what a, a random white person, woman in particular, a random white woman mm-hmm. is being recorded either after they do some racist shit while they're doing racist shit. Uh, it really doesn't matter. But. The victim records Karen acting a plum ass and then posts it on social media. And what happens afterwards is they lose their job. <laughs> Any <laughs> equity, anything they had worthwhile, they are getting destroyed. Jobs are like coming out publicly and like, nah, my nigga, we don't fuck with her no more. Uh, she fired. We took a pension. Uh, she ain't got no 401k. <laughs> we blew a car up. Nigga, they don't give a fuck. Took the keys to the house. Took one of the kids. Like, they don't care. <laughs> it is bad for them. So, uh, it's a gift and curse. Uh, I've seen a lot of Karen videos where the, you know, perpetrators are actually acting the fool, and it's good that someone caught it on camera. Because with the accessibility of smartphones, it's easy to just catch somebody acting the ass. So we've seen mm-hmm. Karens get their ass whooped at gas stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that also needs to be understood is, much like everything else that's happening right now, Karens are not a new thing. Karens being called out on the internet is what's new. Yeah. These bitches have been around for generations. <laughs> exactly. We, we all have been in a situation where some old white woman who has too much privilege and entitlement has came up either said something aggressively, passive-aggressively, indirectly. Uh, Most people have run into that, but not many people think to just record the interaction. But I just want to throw out there, uh, we cannot, as a community, as an African-American community, or people of color, uh, we cannot treat normal interactions as if they're like the end-all, be-all. For instance, I was on Twitter and I ran uh, into this video where a guy had a road rage incident with a potential. I put a quote over this on Karen where she flipped him off. Well, 
I guess he cut her off in her in her eyes. So I guess then she flipped him off, whatever, road rage. Shit like that happens. So the guy follows her and then records her while she's like getting home. And so she's like hysterical because yeah, what it seemed like- was it was just like, you know, a misunderstanding on the road. Shit like that happens all the time. The person can't then record her and then threaten her as if, oh, this is going to go viral and you're going to lose all your shit because there wasn't anything racial there. Mm. Y'all just had a, a disagreement on a fucking road. Don't use your cell phone as a weapon in that instance because it, it was uncalled for. So we got to mm-hmm. pick and uh, choose our battles, I feel. We, we can't abuse this new power we have because that's what the fuck they've been doing for generations is abusing power. Mm-hmm. The one little power we have Let's use that shit correctly. Get the bad people out the paint. Not the random ass mm-hmm. Susan who just may have been having a bad day. And that clearly wasn't racist. She didn't call you a nigga. She just flipped you off, my dude. My dude. People do that all the time. Get over it. Although I will say, <laughs> road rage is probably the most immature thing that I could ever see in my entire life. I never understand it. I, uh... I don't get road rage in the instances I get mad at what somebody does on the road. By the time I get to them, I have enough time to process what the fuck happened. And as long as I get to my destination, that is all the fuck I care about. Because I don't have Mm -hmm. time to pay no fucking deductible or get a new car because you totaled mine. So, my nigga, if you cut me off, if you're speeding, get to where the fuck you need to go safely, brother. I ain't got time to get mad. You're going to be there better than me. More than me. Exactly. I do that's think automatic. there's going to be some sort of um, what's the word? Like we're going to have some sort of whiplash before everything kind of equals out. And there might just be a couple casualties from that bullshit. Yeah, if it is, it's fine. Uh, there are always casualties uh, when we go to war and the mm-hmm. war is now, you know, social justice. So if you get hit by one of these stray bullets, you know, if you lose your job, my nigga, find another one. I'm sorry, but uh, mm-hmm. your ancestors probably did some fucked up shit to some Negroes. So just think of, think about it as payback. Must be some generational karma. That's all it is. <laughs> so fuck it. I'm not upset. Are there any black businesses you'd like to plug at this time? Uh, of course. First, starting off with uh, my mom's company who's been running over uh, a fucking decade charlotte's hair company shout out to my mom uh, black entrepreneur yeah, absolutely exactly. number one on your brain <laughs> so uh <laughs> running over a decade <laughs> we got to we got to uh she has been doing it you know primarily by herself uh, for well over a decade and she Hard-working, grinded woman. So if you are in the East Texas area, uh, look up Charlotte's Hair Company. Uh, not only is my mom, you know, business owner, my brother is now kind of walking in their footsteps uh, and taking the mantle to new heights. Uh, my mom said we're a black business, so you need to support us because uh, she's in some Facebook group or whatever. And she was like, oh, I'm going to plug the podcast. And I was like, my, like, half the podcast white. And she was like, but y'all black. Like, y'all talk about shit. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Plug it, Charlotte. I was like, we'll we're going to post a new episode so uh, we can we can be fresh on their minds. Uh, well, we appreciate y'all if you are tuning in, for sure. Yeah, appreciate for whatever it. Reason. And uh, nationally, there's a shoe company that I really fuck with. And you make dope-ass shoes. Mm-hmm. And you make them in my size. But I've been forgetting 
the day because like, they're so uh like hard to get to because it only mm-hmm. makes a limited amount but uh see a collective have you seen any issues Mm-mm. uh he's a black man uh he was on breakfast club and i watched his interview and then uh i followed his instagrams and shit uh he makes dope ass they're like runners so they kind of mm-hmm. look like the uh balenciagas almost the mm-hmm. ones that look like socks. Shout out to Cardi B. <laughs> uh, but they're like made of a different material. And he does like amazing dope ass designs and colorways. So uh, he got some dope shit. Mm. And of course, support all your local black owned businesses. Uh, just go to Facebook Marketplace. Them shits is everywhere. Yeah. So we are both in, but I don't think you see it because you don't really get on Facebook. Uh, DFW black owned. I think... Is it businesses or just restaurants? Because all they be talking about on the one I'm looking at is the the one that catches my attention every day is the food one, naturally. Black-owned restaurants is the one that is popping every single day. If there's any Facebook groups you want to hop in right now, DFW, Black-owned restaurants, but just be well aware you will be, it will make you hungry every single day because the food they post on there (laughs) looks delicious. You tag me Um, in a, a post with the Nashville Hot Joints. I gotta find oh, yeah. that post again. I gotta, I gotta pull up. Yeah, yeah. Um, somewhere that I bought from before that we both have is uh, Have a Hood Day. That's locally in the DFW. He is also the one of the main artists. Is the one that um, is that his business alone or is that a collective? It's him. Just him. He also designed an, uh, a commission for our logo. Dude's dope. He makes dope stuff. I fuck Shout out to DK dads. man. Um, I also bought a t-shirt from a company called Legendary Roots with a Z. Um, One of my personal focuses, um, which I think is good for all white people to, among finding ways that you can um, act, is making it a point to educate yourself on a, a daily, weekly basis. And something that I had never really heard of until like recently, like in the last two or three years was um, the importance of intersectionality, which is the intersection of one cause coming towards another cause. And where I was really seeing it was in the feminist world where a lot of feminists who lead the movement, either third wave or any wave, only focus on white women and exclude women of color and particularly black women who usually are doing the most work in that field Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a shirt by Legendary Roots. They do a lot of um, black women focused stuff, and they have a really cool T-shirt that talks about protecting black women and all types of black women. Um, so I can't wait to get that in. I thought about it back and forth on whether it's something that like I should wear or not for some reason. But I feel like I should because I want people to know that this is something important to me because it says like. Let me see if I can still have a picture. I just ordered it the other day. Like, protect weird black girls, protect trans black girls, protect hood black girls, protect nerdy black girls. It goes on like that. That's something that's very important to me. Um, so that's something that I want to focus on, learning what I can do and how I can help. The uh, organization that I chose to donate to because there's a lot out there. You can donate right. anywhere. The one that I find was after my research where I wanted to give my money is Color of Change, colorofchange.org. 
they focus on campaigns that actually in practices by I'm gonna quote their website to in practices that unfairly hold black people back and champion solutions that move us all forward until justice is real. I just feel like a lot of their campaigns are actually doing something and they have the results to show for it. Not to say that other things aren't doing that. It just seemed like that was where I want to put my money. So I think that's a good place to donate. If you would like to donate, if you can't make it to anything or, you know, protests just aren't for you and things like that for whatever is going on in your life, whatever, however you deal socially with people or anxiety or anxiety with the current situation health wise and whatnot, you can definitely find ways and places to donate. My next goal is to find somewhere locally to donate to, whether it be a bail fund, but I don't really think we've had too many arrests lately. I don't know if people still need that or not or what, I don't know. Just trying to navigate this situation the best way I know how and try to find ways to help where I can. The little person I am with a little little bit of coin that I got. <laughs> Might need to hit up Safia and see if she got the plug on where. where Speaking of Safia, uh, right way. Uh, Starfia S T A R F Y A H on Instagram. Um, if you might have run into her, if you've been in the last five years, just because that's the type of person that she is. <laughs> she posted a really cute video. She would typically this time of year be traveling every fucking where, going to every carnival and festival in every corner of the world. Toronto, any island, Houston, Miami. <laughs> that bitch don't stop traveling. The moon. And she posted she, a really cute video of her. And the a, moon. Yeah, they have a, a very <laughs> elusive carnival on the moon. Is She got an invite for sure. She's probably a host. Exactly. And trying to <laughs> get us she to go. Of her dancing with a little girl that made me smile today, and it's one of those things where usually people post stuff and they're like, "In case you needed a smile today," and I think it's so fucking stupid. And I roll my eyes at it, but I actually might need that mood booster on any given day because shit is rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to speak on that shirt, and when you said should you buy it or not, yeah, you should definitely buy it. Where number one. Uh, you, you're using your privilege and power as a, a white lady to show that, you know, black lives matter. And two, personally, you know, I'd say 75 of your fucking friends are black anyways. And <laughs> fucking you, you hang out and you roll tough with a lot of queens who are, uh, they vary. Uh, you got some who are, you know, in the fashion, others work out, others, you know, nerdy you know they run the gauntlet so this shirt is very accurate rock that shit with pride cuz I was just concerned about it feeling performative that's like the last thing I want to do and I eventually justified it with well it's money supporting a business run by black women so hopefully that bounces out I just don't want to like be walking around people be like okay but (laughs) that's just a t-shirt type shit To to the people that know you we all know it's not a fucking performance. Uh, and hopefully, you know, for the people who don't know you and just see you walking, hey, bruh, get over yourself. If you are <laughs> pandering, shit, it's a billboard, my nigga. Wear that shit. <laughs> a big ass billboard. This is prime real estate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else we got? Speaking of, let's see. The fuck? 
Speaking of real estate, I kind of want to talk about B. Simone. No real segue, but uh, <laughs> let's break this shit down. Okay. Now, I'm really not sure the origins of B. Simone. I'm really not sure. I know she is a socialite. <laughs> yeah, I remember you showing me that. I know she she was doing like TikTok and Vine and shit. So that is her origins. Uh, and of course, with any socialite or influencer wanting to get the ball rolling, they typically can get featured on a lot of shit. So I know she was on Wild and Out at one point in time, right? She still is. Okay, she's on there. Uh, her and Nick Cannon are tight. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, during the birth week of Charlie. Uh, she posted a video about what kind of man she wanted or inspired to have. Twitter got in her ass. <laughs> so, in the video, she said that she needed a CEO. She she can't do no regular, regular person. She needs somebody who is a boss, who makes their own moves, who works for themselves, who understands and gets why she's up at 2 o'clock in the morning working Hopefully, Bay will be doing the same shit. Your grind is my grind type shit. Twitter let her ass have it. The quote that really killed him was when she said she couldn't do a, a dude who was a nine to five type. Yeah. And it's that isn't the first time that it's been said. It's not going to be the last time it's said. But typically when people say that, number one, they're uh, uh, a different like statute of person they've already made it so for example i heard damn she was on a breakfast club i just listened to shit uh one of them funny sisters queens uh i forget her name uh i was going to say viola davis but it's not fucking viola davis uh (laughs) but she said that you know uh she needed a man who she didn't say nine to five because eventually said she wanted a doctor, a lawyer, basically somebody who got money for themselves. But women say that all the time. So it isn't anything new. But for you to say something when you're not what you want, I think speaks volumes. Like, I can't be homeless and say I need a woman with $10 million in the bank. Like, it's cool to aspire to have that, but you need to be bringing <laughs> something to the fucking table. Mm-hmm. So it was just weird. Uh, and she's aspiring to be the CEO. She says all the time she is the CEO. She's the boss. So that kind of blew over. And then B. Simone, dumbass, goes on. Uh, she she wrote a book, actually. So <laughs> she made this book. Uh, Twitter got a hold of the book. It looks like a magazine. It's <laughs> done poorly. Uh, but she, you know, she was selling out. She was doing whatever. And then it comes to find out that the book was plagiarized. Like, the entire book was fraudulent. Uh, She had the idea to write a book uh, as if it was, like, a dream book or whatever. You know, like, chase your dreams, places you can write, whatever. Uh, And she partnered with some people, and the people directly plagiarized a woman's book. So, B. Simone, working with those people is now dealing with that shit. So now she's going over like, okay, I'm trying to fix this. I've tried to contact the woman who originally wrote it. I'm trying to make this right. So she's trying to blow that over. And then (laughs) this dumbass woman 
goes on. Have you heard of the podcast Horrible Decisions? Yes, that's like your shit, isn't it? Yeah, I love Horrible Decisions. <laughs> I love Wheezy and uh, the other chick, uh, Mandy. I love Mandy and Wheezy. Uh, she goes on there and then starts talking about uh, transgender women and calling them the T-word. And all throughout the the, the podcast, is like a four-minute clip or whatever. But what's crazy is all of them were saying it. Mandy, Wheezy, and B. Simone ended up all saying the T-word or whatever. And that offends that group. Uh, I've heard ration, ration why that isn't. I heard ration. I've never heard why they don't like being called that. But if they don't want to be called that, we don't fucking call them that. That's fine. Uh, they're all and if you're wondering it. what the T-word is, it rhymes with Fanny. Or Granny. Uh, Continue. So they're all saying saying the word but B. Simone is a, the highest billing on the fucking podcast because nobody knows who Mandy and Weezy is really so then she catches the flack for that so B. Simone has been getting our ass whooped for three weeks straight and I just want y'all to know out here in 2020 you can still get this work and it looks <laughs> like she getting out the paint so if you are a fan of uh, B. Simone you might need to come and defend her so devil's advocate <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a fan. I'm just saying from the first story, the other two I hadn't heard of until you just told me. So she really needs to shut it down, wrap it up, figure some shit out. But from the first story, when she made these comments, B. Simone was having the best year of her life until those comments. She started a makeup line and made a million dollars in 50 days. And she said, I'm going to make a million dollars in 50 days. And no one believed her. And then she did it. As a black woman, as a CEO, and uh, black women CEOs make up less than like four percent of the economy. Okay. Um, she's still got tenure on. I don't know what the fuck you would call it. Tenure, whatever. On while and out. She is one of Nick Cannon's favorites, and he, it, when he supports, he supports. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. So I, it kind of felt like she was just kind of feeling herself and maybe started talking a little too much shit type thing. Like, I'm doing it. I'm doing this. So I'm claiming what I expect type shit. She like, is a person is who, yeah, who likes to speak, speak her shit into fruition. That's cool and all. But you, you have to earn that <laughs> in a sense. Like... I can't get on this podcast without any... You have to earn that clout. You got to get them XP points. You can't just say you're a level 100 when really you like a level 45, my nigga. You still got some <laughs> shit to go. If fucking uh, Meg Thee Stallion kind of wants to come out... Yeah, if Meg Thee Stallion <laughs> wants to come out and say, hey, my nigga, I want the number one motherfucking rapper and I ain't settling. I ain't giving this cooch out to nobody else. Ain't nobody really gonna say shit to Meg because, bitch, you, you kind of got this shit cracking. You... You top billing right now. But, but I think people someone. might because they, they don't feel like women can claim that for themselves when it comes especially to a partner. Dog, women got the right to do whatever <laughs> the fuck they want. I'm Pussy run the world, I'm just fam. Coochie I'm is just the, the, the most expensive thing, the most rich thing in the world. <laughs> Ain't nothing better than coochie. Or booty if product. you are, you know, if you like booty. Ain't nothing better than wet and warm. Period. And so then you can do whatever the, the fuck you want. The, uh, uh, 
Um, so moving on, the plagiarism thing that's came off a great business uh, interaction straight into a shitty one. You got to figure that out. You got to do more research. She learned. She'll know better for next time. She, hopefully she writes her wrong, fixes it, moves on. The T word thing. Um, what are names? Mandy and Wheezy? Yeah. They've been problematic before, right? Aren't they breaking up? No. Oh, they've okay, always maybe a different podcast. They've always they're the podcast was made on shaky ground. To be proper. Yeah. Yeah, they they really didn't get along when the podcast started. But they're so lucrative oh, okay. in the podcast that they have to keep the ball rolling. They're not they don't have enough clout or XP points to break the fuck off. Okay. So the the T word is a big deal, but the main thing is is that the majority of the population feels that you might apply that word to if you are using it makes is um has been used as a slur forever and it declassifies them as human basically. It makes them less than. Therefore you shouldn't be using it to group them. There are people that are still okay with it because they were conditioned to think that's not the worst thing that could happen to me. You could be murdering me. So if all you're going to do is call me a word, fuck it. But there are also older generations of black people that are okay with the N word as long as people are nice to them type shit. So that's where that comes from. And if you need, if you want to know more about our like misconceptions of the transgender community, there's a great documentary um, that I think Laverne produced, directed, started, (laughs) um, called Disclosure on Netflix right now that shows how transgender people are represented in media and how our general thoughts are towards these people and how they're wrong and how we were conditioned to think that even what we thought was correct is also wrong for the most part and like how to change your perception basically about what is real and what is not real. Okay. But at the end of the day, the the biggest thing is that the, the whole debate about it is you can't tell when someone's telling you that they're uncomfortable and it makes them feel a certain way. You can't (laughs) tell them how to feel type shit. This is a big argument in the, in the gay world because it is a word that RuPaul has used a lot. And RuPaul is notoriously not, um, mindful or respectful of the transgender community but is a pillar of the queer community so it's been kind of like a well if RuPaul does it how can it be wrong if Hmm. RuPaul does these things like so and that's just a big like figurehead point of the argument it's a bigger conversation that neither of us (laughs) can like really speak to but there's definitely just don't do it. You you don't need to use it. There's other words you can use that work. So why what's why would you want to, basically? And it sounds like she got comfortable in a situation and kept it going. No, B. Simone started it. She said And then yeah, mm-hmm. Weezy and Mandy got comfortable in the situation. And they they aren't perfect and B. Simone isn't either, whatever. But it's just uh, ironic how you know back to back to back week after week after week <laughs> yeah, B. Simone was getting L- ripped and she started off with one of the best years of her life and then just L L L it happens man <laughs> I mean, it's like um, that gif I think it was a vine of um, the girl who's getting slapped in the face with all the hot dogs 
Yeah. <laughs> They're all else. Just, uh, just all over forehead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whole thing. I've been in a few situations like that. We're not going to talk about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> but <sighs> who didn't take an L this week? Mm-hmm. Was my nigga Yay. All right. I don't know what this is about, so first of Go all, ahead. we can take a few few steps back because we did miss a few weeks. Uh, okay. Yay has had an interesting 2019, 2020. Of course, he had the public meltdown. You know, uh, he got r- roasted and massacred for that. You know, the I'm with Trump. Whatever, whatever. We've discussed that on this podcast plenty of times. Then he goes, finds Jesus. Now he's Mr. Jesus. That's cool, yay. Sunday service, we're all here for it. Then it transitions into him just kind of falling off the face of the earth. Once when the Black Lives Matter movement start moving around and shit, uh, yay actually donated like hella money to... uh, it was a few foundations, like it was two million here and then other money somewhere else. He did it quietly. Didn't say shit. Didn't, you know, publicize or whatever. I'm pretty sure he wasn't the only celebrity that's done it, but you know, it was nice to catch wind that, you know, yeah, it's still for the people, even though, you know, he may support Donald Trump. Then comes to find out my nigga Yay has signed a ten year deal with Gap. And I can't be more <laughs> excited. <laughs> So, uh, if you don't know, you know, of course, everybody knows fucking Gap, uh, Old Navy, Gap, Banana Republic, uh, those three, you know, pillars in the cheap clothes, you know, you need some for the weekend. Go on, hit Ready up. to wear. Yeah. All that shit. He, he signs mm-hmm. a deal and it's cool to see like, okay, Ye has his high end shit. He has Yeezy. He has Ye shit, which if you want to go, you know, the utmost fashion you really trying to shit on niggas, get some Yeezys, wear them stupid ass jumpsuits, make you look like the brown crayon. If that's what the fuck you want. Cool. But now Ye is going to get some hopefully readily affordable, maybe, you know, a hundred dollars for some jeans or some shit. Yeah. And I'm here. I'm here for the regular Ye shit. I'm going to try to give me some pants or something, dog. I'm here for them. Can you imagine being the creative director or the buyer for Gap and trying to like bring him down to earth? Like him, like, oh, we have this meeting with Kanye today. Oh, who's going to, are you going to tell him, like, who's going to deal with, like, who's going to tell him no? Whose turn is it this week? Like, because you know he's fixing coming to the gap and be like, we need to rebrand everything. We need right. to do this. Your new creative plan is going to be this. This is the marketing. Here's what the commercial looks like. We're going to buy out all this stuff in Times Square. That's how we're going to market it. Like, someone has to reel all that in for ready to wear and for what. Which there's a genius behind that company, clearly, because of how long they've been going on and how right. they do things and how they're able to price things and all of that. But still, I'm curious how these creative meetings are going to go. Or maybe Ye just decides he he gives a cheap liquor to the public and expensive ones to the the exclusive friends. Like maybe he just says <laughs> like, OK, you know, we're going to dumb it down. Here's what you want. My name is on it. It's still going to. And this is what he originally wanted to do with uh, when he was looking for like a house to support 
him and his ideas or Nike or whatever, like he wanted clothes to the masses. He wants mm-hmm. everybody to wear his shit. And I think he'll be able to do that with Gap. Because with Adidas, oh, for sure. With Adidas, he marked it up. Like Adidas is what's the word I'm looking for? What is supreme? Like uh damn, what's the word? Luxury? Not luxury, for lack of better terms, like pop culture. Like the shit that you have to like wait in line for. It's not readily available to everybody. Uh so hopefully with this gap shit, you he gets what he you know wanted when he was losing his mind, when he said he was <laughs> bipolar, whatever. You get to do literally everything to everybody. We shall see. I'm excited. I'm curious. Here's what I think is going to happen is they're going to launch it. Everybody's going to talk shit about it, but then everybody's going to buy it. That's what they do about Yeezy. Every, yeah, this is yeah, the yeah. thing. Yeezy, <laughs> they, everybody has talked shit about Kanye West for years. But here's another thing he did. Quietly became, made Yeezy a billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. Even amongst the Donald Trump shit, amongst whatever. I don't know who's buying it. If it's a little rich little white kids or the uh, damn, the word almost came to me. Uh, hype beast. Hype beast. That's the that's what the word I'm looking <laughs> for. Or if the hype beasts are buying it just because it's fucking Yeezy in the name. But whatever. He made the shit a billion dollars. So congratulations, man. <laughs> I applaud my man. Yay. And from the beginning of the podcast, I told you I am a Kanye West apologist. So he will make something problematic too. They're going to make a wrong decision and they're going to make a problematic t-shirt. I'm calling of it course. now. Of course. <laughs> uh, why would they not? He'll probably come out with a whole line of like his most problematic quotes hidden in like designs. I'll You're buy. welcome. You're Give welcome. Me <laughs> Give me two. <laughs> hey man, did you see the news about my nigga scam today? <laughs> Scam. <laughs> Scam Newton. Finally found a team, man. Of all places. Uh, you don't know who Scam home. Newton is. <laughs> I'm referring to an old video that came out when Cam Newton was playing at Auburn. Uh, it was a radio <laughs> show. A guy call, calls in and says uh, <laughs> he poisoned the tree at Alabama. Oh, was that the same video? I was at another one. I, I, I think no it's two, I think I'm talking about two different videos. Now I want to watch a video about the guy poisoning the tree. Uh, <laughs> I poisoned the tree. <laughs> Roll tide. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the same one because he said <laughs> he went to jail off that shit and everything because he was that an was Alabama a fan and he poisoned an Auburn tree. That's what happened. Yes, because they uh, had yeah because they beat him. So. Uh, he called him Scam Newton, and that's kind of followed, uh, the quarterback Cam Newton, who was once uh, uh, MVP of the, uh, the league, made it to the Super Bowl, uh, really brought back celebrating and shit to the league because he pissed off everybody when he was good. Uh, then he, he had a, a fall. Types types like a thought on, on social media for attention. Of he wears dumbass hats. I know you've seen a meme with him wearing a hat uh, during a okay. press conference. Uh he is signed to the New England Patriots, which the Patriots are notoriously. Hmm? I just said the motherfucking Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots are notoriously the widest team in the league. In it's the races, them, most racist. 
yeah, it's between them and the Cowboys are like ridiculously yeah. just honky as shit. Weird ass <laughs> owner, weird ass fucking. And ironically, Coach. both the owners are wild, dumbass wild. Jerry Jones mm-hmm. and uh, Robert Kraft. Uh, the head coach is always fucking wild. Uh, <laughs> which you could say the Jerry Jones was the head coach of the Cowboys. And yeah. Bill Belichick for the Patriots. Uh, and he signs to the team for a one-year deal. Uh, it was heavy in incentives. Yes. Uh, which means they probably said, we'll give you some guap <laughs> if you get the team in the playoffs, if you're the starter, if you're healthy, if you're... How about this? How about this? Every time someone in a Patriots jersey calls you the N-word, we'll give you $100. <laughs> That's a high-ass incentive in, in fucking Foxborough. <laughs> if, if he does not, number one, get the starting position, it's going to be problems because ESPN is going to give him hell. That um, had to be an incentive. <laughs> yeah, and two, if he doesn't produce, because the Patriot way is the fucking Patriot way, and now that Tom Brady is gone... Uh, they're they're expecting shit, the shit to continue. I don't think nobody mm-hmm. in New England is expecting like a down year at all. And now that you have a former MVP, you expect another playoff run in the whack ass NFC uh, uh, AFC <laughs> West. So you should continue, you know, to East. be great. East, yeah, I don't know why I said West, <laughs> and I thought East too. Uh, AFC East, so uh. I hope the best, but he got an uphill battle, dog. Yeah, it had to have been some major incidents. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fucked up because uh, Carolina let him go in a fucked up situation. They didn't release him early enough. Uh, they fucked up, you know, his recovery. And they brought him back too soon for him to get injured again. Uh, the nigga made of plastic cups, so. <laughs> Hopefully, with you know COVID and all this, he had enough time to shake mm-hmm. back, at least enough for the next season. So, Stephen A. Smith said, "I see you, boy. I like it." I said, yep. "What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> um, Shit, he just happy a black quarterback in uh, Foxborough. Uh, God damn it! Hell yeah. <laughs> So but we'll then, see. This makes me, and we may be talking about this, and there may be no motherfucking season. So that's what I just keep talking about. I've talked a lot about high school football in the last week, just in general. And I'm like, and every time I finish it with, we talked about this for a whole hour, and there may be no motherfucking season. <laughs> there may not be, but it's still fun to imagine. Uh, the <laughs> NBA said, fuck it. We don't give a fuck. Uh, we playing. Yeah. <laughs> we going to give LeBron will- this ring. If LeBron was hurt, I I can almost guarantee there would not be a season if Bron <laughs> wasn't playing. But since LeBron's healthy and he's number one in the West, they got to let LeBron get this ring for uh, Kobe. It's Kobe's I name. also saw I saw a meme today that um, was a picture of this the Charger Stadium. Um, I'm going to hope and assume this was pregame and there just wasn't anyone there, but it's like a basically empty end zone with maybe like 30 people scattered from end to end mm. that says when the Chargers say fuck it and let their fans in at full capacity. <laughs> oh my God. If there isn't an NFL season, we're, we're going to burn down. I don't think we make it pass. If America doesn't get their fucking football, mm-hmm. 
It's bad. And they're playing soccer right now. Exactly. <laughs> but those are countries that have done a whole lot better than us when it comes to COVID. No, there's American soccer being played. It's just women's soccer, so you didn't, you definitely didn't hear about it until no. they wore some Black Lives Matter t-shirts. ESPN ain't even aired that. And they're, they exactly. aired commercials today, bruh. They aired nothing but their ESPN commercials for three hours. Yeah, people were That's lighting them up because they posted on all their socials the um, players wearing like Black Lives Matter t-shirts in their pregame and like there was a touching moment between two players, but they aired nothing about the actual game. <laughs> and so they were getting lit up in the comments. Maybe but it was still, a lights thing. Like four comments down. <laughs> so it's uh, I don't know, man. Like we need sports. I'm here for the <laughs> rallies. I'm please march. Continue to fight for equality, of course. Uh, but if we have to go back inside until the fall, and they fuck around and say there ain't no sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Well, one sport that is continuing right now is NASCAR. Yeah, because all you're doing is driving, and driving <laughs> is cool. So I guess that that can still be a sport. So something that has been going on while we haven't really been recording is um, NASCAR has had pretty much one professional black driver over the last couple of years. His name is Bubba Wallace, and he had the nerve to speak up, and it has made a whole lot of NASCAR fans angry. And in a surprising turn, NASCAR, the organization supported him and I don't care what nobody says no one expected that <laughs> like at all they expected them to Roger Goodell him is what they expected to happen they thought it was, he was going to get Kaepernick this is how I looked at it number one when I was seeing Bubba Wallace I was thinking of Bubba Watson at first the famous golfer and I'm like what the fuck are oh. you doing in a, in a goddamn car what are you driving for and then I was like oh there is it's a, it's a nigga in NASCAR, that's interesting. Uh, and then I was like, okay, he spoke out. It's what he was supposed to do. Ain't nobody gonna fucking listen. Yeah. Hey, like, cool. You you did what you're supposed to in the all, all white sport. You you used your voice. Thank you, brother. Continue. They're not gonna get rid of this flag. And then the president was like, yo, he got a point. Fuck them flags. <laughs> and they just got rid of all. <laughs> You can't bring Confederate flag to this race no more. Bro, just think about how all the fans... Hopefully, black people start watching. They they need to appeal to the the Negro audience a little bit more. I don't know how you do that. Maybe get Snoop Dogg <laughs> to rap while they're racing or something. I don't know how you get more African Americans to pay attention to NASCAR. Uh, but... Some got to give because they have just dropped a bunch of fans. It was a whole driver that said, fuck it, I quit. Yeah, but he was like someone who hadn't won any races in like the last 14 years or some bullshit. Yeah, he was garbage. He's probably paying to be there. But yeah, and that's the thing is like, okay, this brought our attention. Like I knew I had heard of Bubba Wallace, but I don't pay attention to NASCAR. So I was just like, damn, good for him. That's a struggle. Imagine in a professional setting having to deal with the like I don't know what his life story is how he ended up with driving being his passion on a daily basis having to look at confederate flags and having to deal with people in your face waving them with pride as if it's just cool 
And how many times he's probably had to swallow his words to get to where he's at on a daily basis in the garage, on the, I almost said tarmac, <laughs> on the, out in the, we don't know shit about NASCAR. Not a damn thing. But we care now, damn it. <laughs> sure do. Um, on a track. I'll just call it a track. On a track. I did, where was I? I was somewhere, I think I may have been in Canada, so I was already in my feelings anyway. And after the new situation, the next day when they pushed his car to the front of the pack in Talladega, I that shit made me cry. Nothing else has really fully made me tear up, but I also avoid watching videos because those make me more emotional than just reading something. That shit really got to me, and I don't know why. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was just like, damn, even NASCAR? Like, we might be... This might actually do something. And I know it sounds so stupid. It's just a, a sport. But, like, especially for somebody whose sports have literally been my life, my entire life, I'm definitely one of those people where that gets a little too involved, a little too understanding of the passion that comes with competition, a little too wrapped up in it emotionally, for sure. It definitely means something deeper to me to, like, watch people win something. Because I deal with people, at this point in my life, this is the most of my life that I've dealt, like, day-to-day with non-competitive people that have never really been into sports and, like, make fun of it on a daily basis. And so it kind of has made me look back at my life and, like, look at the things that I found important and kind of have this, like, identity complex of, like, (laughs) what is, like, important or whatever. But this shit's important to me. Winning's important to me. Competitions are important to me. And I always feel something when I watch somebody win in any type of capacity, whether it be the underdog that made it to the, to the competition. And so like may not even win the whole thing, but then even if they do win the whole thing, it's a big deal or whatever. So just seeing that was very, very moving (laughs) for whatever reason. Well, the thing is, number one, it's the fact that NASCAR is a hundred percent. Well, I'll say 99.9% a white sport. Not too mm-hmm. many people of color that actually participate, especially on that level, to get to NASCAR. Like right. Uh, so to see some uh, predominantly white sport support their sole African American <laughs> and you know his plights when it comes to social justice is kind of moving and telling. But I said this before, and I'll say it again: there has been a line drawn in the sand, and you are either standing on the right side. Are the wrong side. If you're on the wrong mm-hmm. side, regardless of the predominantly white sport or not, you gonna get moved the fuck out the paint. Niggas mm-hmm. don't even watch NASCAR, but if they would have did Bubba Wallace wrong, we would have made some fucking noise and moved some shit around and would have affected NASCAR in a negative way. So the fact that the president seen that, whether he believes or supports the Confederate flag or not, but for him to say, all right, look, fuck them flags. Like if you come into these events, we don't need them no more. Support this sport without bringing that filth in was moving and touching. It it all makes sense. It sucks that Bubba Wallace isn't like the Tiger Woods of NASCAR. Like he ain't win the race <laughs> where they hung the fucking noose and shit. So he need to get better car parts or I don't know how you get better at NASCAR. He need to do whatever the fuck you need to do to get better at NASCAR. But it's good they supported him and his uh you know his issues. Cause like you said, mm-hmm. that has to suck. I hate looking at Confederate flags because I'm 
Listen. Yeah, on a day-to-day basis, like just driving around, like what the, who the, the fuck do you think you are? The thought process behind the Confederate flag is some of the stupidest shit mm-hmm. ever. I seen something that was like it had the Confederate flag and Outcast, and it said like Outcast, fourteen years of awesomeness, five Grammys, numerous dope songs, and it said like the Confederate flag, five years, no Grammys, no dope ass songs. Like you got to think. The Confederate Confederacy was only five years of mm-hmm. the entire nation. Dog, a civil war is the only relevancy to that fucking flag. And people are still hanging on to that shit. Or the idea or whatever. Like, even the idea behind it is, dog, y'all was fighting over fucking slavery. Like, yeah, that's the other biggest thing is to do not to come to me and try to tell me that the civil war was about anything else. Period. I saw somebody, I was uh, reading through an argument about removing a Confederate statue, and um, it was Texarkana. So I was, there's only so much like talking you can do with people in Texarkana about things. And so I was trying to decide if I needed to jump in or not. Not that I need to. If I wanted to jump in or not, a lot of the points that I was going to make were already being made. So I didn't know if it was really going to help or not. And I finally just let it go. But someone said, and I quote, The Civil War was about economics. It didn't become about slavery until the last year. Two things about that. What the fuck kind of do you think they were fighting for? What kind of economy do you think they were fighting for? An economy Hmm. that built on the backs of slaves. They were fighting to keep their prices lowered and to keep the profit they were making off of free labor. <laughs> I don't understand what is so hard to understand about that. And regardless, if that's still what you think, you think that economy had nothing to do with slavery, you then made the comment, it wasn't until the last year that they fought about slavery. It doesn't fucking... So for four years, there were people that were enslaved that could have been freed when the country initially tried to eradicate the 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 practice like i don't even know what to call it the like the the i can't even speak on it it's just so wild that anyone could justify it that my brain can't even wrap around it and i'm a couple white claws in um it was just so wild to me that someone would really take the time to sit there and, and try to justify that bullshit there is no justifying the south in the civil war or the confederacy of any sort it just isn't there right. isn't there isn't. I probably have ancestors that fought for the for the Confederacy. You might have ancestors that fought for the Confederacy. Do you think they did that shit willingly? Fuck oh, no. no. There is not one black person that fought for the Confederacy willingly. Not one. There is no I don't care what account you think you found. I don't care what written document you think you found. They didn't do that shit willingly. There was either a literal gun to their head or a figurative gun to their head. Stop it. Yeah, yeah man. So to, to see all of that and how NASCAR responded is inspiring. I am here it was, for this. Yeah. Thank you, NASCAR. I'm still not going to watch. This, but, <laughs> I know it's so boring. <laughs> and as you can see, number 93 is passing number 64 for the 117th <laughs> position. This is their 96th turn around the track. 96. <laughs> We've still got 150 to go. And we have a white flag. It looks like someone has a flat tire, so they will have to. What I used to do, though, when I was younger, 
I would get NASCAR games on PlayStation 2 or PlayStation. I forget which one. And I would take my car <laughs> and I'd make a lap <laughs> and then I'd bust a U-turn and just drive in the incoming traffic. In the opposite direction? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember doing that shit. And <laughs> just trying to see who you can head on with. <laughs> I'll, I'll act right for the first lap and then hit the brakes and bust that bust the Yui real quick. Like, all right, let's see. Dale Earnhardt, you next. The alert would be popping up on the screen. Wrong way. (laughs) Wrong way. I'll be like, my nigga, I know. (laughs) Just mass chaos. I'm trying to cause havoc. (laughs) Good times. Yeah, man. Uh, you, You got Black Lives Matter for music. What you talking about, fam? Um, everybody's different releases that they had, like uh, the baby re-released Rockstar as a BLM remix. Um, Beyonce decided to bless us with Black Parade. Um, J. Cole (laughs) released a song and got dragged. Roasted. (laughs) J. Cole uh, dropped Snow on the Bluff and, um, the internet wasn't ready. Um, my favorite project probably that has come out when I haven't really got a chance to listen to too much is Wale's. Mm. Um, but also Meek dropped a song. Meek's always nice. Yeah. Um, you miss someone, fam? What am I missing? Little Babies. Also, no name. Then dropped another song after "Snow on the Bluff." <laughs> um, uh, little little baby, Let, let's get this understood right now. Uh, I I like to listen to either R and B, or conscious rap. Uh, you know, or you know, my oldie but goodies. You know, Kanye and shit. But uh, I'm not too big into the new wave. There, there are new artists that I like. Uh, there there are people that I refuse to listen to because they say I'm retarded. Little baby sounds retarded, a hundred percent of the time. Use another he, word. Oh, uh, stupid. Little baby is stupid a hundred percent of the time. Uh, he looks stupid. I don't see how people find him attractive. Uh, he talks about dumb shit, whatever. Uh, but he released the bigger picture, and I was like, let me let me give this a listen. Some of the dopest shit that a stupid person can say <laughs> ever. This motherfucker was talking about some G shit in his little yeah. baby slow, slow <laughs> way. Uh, so I, I really like that. I'm glad he came out with that, especially for the people, uh, his audience, because, you know, yes. they, they the young folks and they need to, say, to hear that. It, like, it gives you hope. Not that seeing all of them out there, because the, the ones writing the protests are the kids right now, like the right. 17 to 23 year old is what's really running these protests. There are definitely adults that are organizing things per usual, but the majority of the the population of these protests that I'm seeing are young people, which is really, really, really inspiring. There's a group that is solely probably high school, maybe freshly graduated kids that are protesting whenever they get a chance at Park and Preston in Plano. There's about 10 of them, but by God, they be out there. Not in, I was going to say rain or shine, but they weren't out there today, but it was storming like a motherfucker today. <laughs> but when the sun is beaming, they are out there, posters in hand, waving, smiling, 
for the cause, which I, is really nice to see, like, every single day at work. Right. Uh, so, I fucked with baby shit. Uh, YG shit. released uh, FTP. And then Run the Jewels. I just listened to a song off of that today called Just. That song is... It. Definitely, definitely go hard to the motherfucker. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm here for the music. The, the people, people are using their platforms to write. Uh, while we're on music, if you guys uh, haven't heard Chloe and Haley's album "Ungodly Hour," uh, take 37 minutes and listen to that shit. It go hard in a bitch. I'm giving it all the fucks. Me and Charlie and Diva listen to that album at least once a day. So I heard mixed reviews. I, I heard other people saying talk. it. Was- I already saw lots of people saying it was hella boring. <laughs> I smacked the shit out of them. They don't know nothing about music. I haven't listened to it at all. I just told Charles that I fucked with the ooh, ooh. Yeah. That's what and you do. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the little dance that they do. <laughs> uh, Tiana Taylor's album, I listen to most of that. That shit go hard, too. Uh, Wake Up Love is my shit. I'm singing that to Charlie every day. Aww. Uh, and Jack Harlow came out with that remix to what's popping. And you know who verse was fucking amazing? Because it's mm. uh Jack Harlow, of course, the baby, Tory Lanez, and Lil Wayne. Wayne mm-hmm. blew that shit up. Fucking amazing. It was damn near old Wayne. I almost shed a tear. I was like, damn, maybe you sipping codeine again. <laughs> maybe. So yeah, we ain't doing shit, but stuck in the house, bored in the house, in the house, bored. Uh, <laughs> listen to that music, and definitely listen to my my little new booze, Chloe and Haley. Even though their eyes are a little spread up, spread apart, they still <laughs> stupid. You know what hasn't died? No matter what, they tried to kill it. It still didn't die. Fucking TikTok, boy. No matter what happens, it's always gonna be there. Yo, did you see the the African shit? That's what the, I put. It's in your notes. It's in your oh, notes. Oh, <laughs> oh, don't leave me. Oh, yeah. I, I looked at that and I was like, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. Yeah, that I didn't shit. Know what, someone is, said it to me. That shit is funny, and I want to <laughs> steal it, but I don't know if that's cultural appropriation or not. But I think I'm gonna do it. I seen some Karens <laughs> and their cousins doing it, and I got pissed off. But I feel like I can get away with it. Um, so if you haven't seen this, it is the silliest thing of like making puns with like two things, aka compounds. I think it's what that's called. Sure. Compound word. We can go with that. Anyway, um, and then once they make the pun, they run away because it's like a dad joke, and it's like a. <laughs> and then their friends say, "No, don't leave me! Don't leave me! Don't leave me!" Yeah, and then they make another one, and it's, it's so—it's also like the energy of it is just so funny. It's such a locker room, kind of a like on the bus, like practice type shit. Like it just reminds me of like sitting around with nothing to do, and just getting hype as fuck for like something stupid that's really funny with you and your friends. <laughs> right. Some so simple, but easily could take up hours of just thinking of dumb shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Look, like look, as look. you can see, thing. there's a book. Facebook. Facebook. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Ah! <laughs> uh, here's a spider whip. I put the camera on the spider whip. Webcam. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't, don't, leave, leave, me, me. don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. Okay, Jordan. We're we're gonna do a little experiment. 
Okay. Uh, open up Google Chrome or your browser. Okay. This is on TikTok too, apparently. I got got so you got to get like Firefox. What are you about uh, to? What are you about to do? Go to Netflix. Nope, mm -mm. I did it last night. They made me do it. They recorded me doing it. No, <laughs> that is porn. So it what is I was, if what I was going to have Jordan do, uh, <laughs> if you're if you haven't done this, please listen to these instructions carefully. Uh, go to Netflix. Once you go to Netflix, type in love, L-O-V-E, in the search bar. Click on the title that says love, uh, some, some weird whatever, and just Probably watch it. If well, it was trending when I watched it. It was number three in America. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Six last night. Uh, and then you're going to be surprised with a very interesting image uh, that doesn't make sense. So my cousin... Uh, we called him. We was talking for like an hour. Just going back and forth. And right before we got off, he was like, "Hey, I need you to do do this favor for me." And he was like, "I'm gonna record your reaction." I was like, "I right, bet." So I'm just sitting there relaxing in my media room and shit. And he showed me that shit. I was like, "What the fuck?" And so I was like, "Diva, diva." He was like, "Oh, I want to record a reaction too." So I went down there and showed her. And I was like, "So the trend Yo. on TikTok right now is watch the opening scene to love, record your reaction to it." Yeah, so I'm gonna do it with my family. Oh my god, granny and all <laughs> my grandma, her Hell. sister, my mom, her sister, my brothers, which they probably already seen it, but uh, I'm, I'm getting everybody, babies included. And I just had to look up what's the point, and there is no point. That man wanted to put some shit out in the mainstream and then decided in all his interviews to mock Americans for their desensitivity to. Or their sensitivity to nudity. Fuck that. So, <laughs> that wasn't just nudity. Did you just watch the scene? Like, do we know what that shit is about? So we fast forwarded through it just to see if we could find like a plot line of some sort to follow. It ain't no plot line. It's literally about a relationship. And then they bring in some other chick. And then there's a baby that they have in the end in a bathtub or some shit. And that's it. It's just about their relationship. Are they fucking the whole time? Yep. Like full frontal? There's like another orgy that happens later. And then, I don't know, everywhere we stopped, it was naked people doing stuff. Oh, Every man, we were watching that tonight then. <laughs> Say less. But I think it's like depressing too. Because like they have like problems in their relationship. So that's when they bring somebody else in. When can an orgy be depressing, Jordan? <laughs> I don't know. It was dark. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get off? Maybe that's when the it's lighting, depressing? The lighting was like too moody. I prefer daytime. In your orgies? <laughs> Alright, get it yeah, how you live, like fam. <laughs> you're, you're actually painting a picture right now. By who's pool, Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Anyway. Um, Throw your tools! <laughs> anyway. Only six people gonna get that joke. The, uh... <laughs> and only one of them actually listens so <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah go ahead and if you're just bored look up love on Netflix sure why the fuck yeah, not yeah. everybody else is doing it it'll probably be trending number one by the time you listen to this yeah, or be taken definitely. down no nah, Netflix obviously had to vet that shit and really figure out it's not like that <laughs> shit just was a user submission 
<laughs> like, my nigga, you gotta do shit to get on Netflix. <laughs> you can't just post on that bitch. Netflix is like, fuck it. America can handle it. Shit. But it's out there now. You can't undo that. It is out there now. And I cannot describe the amount of times we have a lot of conversations about OnlyFans, but the amount of conversations that I've had about OnlyFans and like premium Snapchats and just webcamming in general <laughs> in like the last week. So then we had a discussion about um, if like a random person DM'd you for a picture of your feet, what's the number? What's your number, Jordan? I said 10,000, but shit, right now I'm for your five. Feet? For your feet? Hell yeah. Yeah. Your feet worth 5,000, B? Hell no, but if you are randomly DMing me for them, we're gonna run it up. My feet ain't worth five dollars, but I'm gonna get some money if you want them that bad. We, they, I feel like this. <laughs> I feel like I don't know who you was having this discussion with, but we we gotta be reasonable here. Five thousand is a lot of money for some feet pics. Well, what's your number? Like, I'm not sending random feet pictures. I've been approached with a random DM about feet pictures, which I really want to be like, jokes on you, motherfucker. You don't want these feet. <laughs> jokes on you, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd say if somebody asked me 500, 500 for 10 pics of my toes. <laughs> if you just for into that toe. shit. <laughs> now, if you want to look at my wee wee or something, or actually like. If you want to get freaky freaky, we can run that price up. But just my feet. But here's the thing, though. I don't get foot fetishes. Like, I, I, I support anyone in their fetishes. But me personally, I don't see the sexualization of feet. I've heard people, like, their explanation, like, if someone takes care of their feet, it means to take care of the rest of their body because the feet are, you know, the one thing that's not paid attention to so if a woman is taking time for manicures pedicures whatever uh it shows that their hygiene is well but to me it's like brother feet i don't kiss feet i don't touch feet i barely look at feet diva always yeah. want the toes done i'm like my nigga for what i don't care it's not for you first of all but <sighs> we marry everything for me i don't fuck with feet either not my thing Either way, reciprocating or giving, it's not going to happen. Um, I had to forcibly remove my foot from a guy's face one time because he just knew, like, I just had never tried it before. And once I tried it, it would be fine. And I was like, no. And I already said no twice. Give me my foot back. <laughs> was he trying to kiss it or suck it or lick it? I don't know. Smell it? I don't know. But I said no. <laughs> I mean, if you out here with the foot fetishes, I mean, by all means, you know, get it how you live. But it was do one I of have a things. fetish? Do you have any? You don't have to say say them out loud, but do you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, never mind. I knew the answer. Uh, yeah, I don't. Nah. Kinda. Here's the thing about it is, unless it's just something very taboo, I don't know. What is the definition of a fetish? Anything outside of the sexual norm or something that you sexualize that's not supposed to be sexualized is what a fetish is. 
Okay. A form of sexual desire in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, out of clothing, part of the body, etc. Victorian men are the reason for feet fetish. You said the Victorians? Victorian men develop fetishes focusing on feet, shoes, and boots. I don't know if that meant sexual or not. Because also, second is an excessive or irrational devotion or commitment to a particular thing. Uh, we, we, yeah, we're talking about the first definition. Uh, <laughs> the, I don't know, man. So that it's, it's nothing that consistently on the women that you've been attracted to or that they like did outside of the bedroom or that they did in the bedroom that like was cons- like something that you kind of like if you didn't get it whatever but if you did it like made them stick around hyphened it out yeah um, <laughs> maybe well, you know, sapiosexuality if I have like a mental connection with somebody uh, it doesn't have to be All like right. intellectual Damn, you ain't let me get to my adjective. It doesn't have to be intellectual. I'm not out here trying to be fucking Galileo or some shit. I'm just saying, like, if I like link with somebody, like, yeah, we have the same brain waves. But other than that, nah. Well, good for you. That's why one of us is married. I <laughs> fan, <laughs> damn, damn, cuss. IDK, but you know, uh, tell your friends that Chuck said, lower that uh, foot price down. Let's make it reasonable. Pay a bill, I mean, not a mortgage. No one got any of my. That's what I'm saying. If you, if I'm gonna go out my way to really like send somebody some pictures, especially someone I don't know, if you really want them, you finna pay for them. If you, you don't want to pay for them, you must not want them that bad. You giving out ransom prices? <laughs> Literally, you're like he want the feet. You just want a picture of the motherfuckers. Then you, there must be, there's a, there's a demand. I'm telling you the price for the supply. Fair enough. And it's a so, rare commodity. You're going to be the only one with the feet, with the pictures. Hmm. This is very true. Hmm. Well, you know, it is what it is. If you want them pick them feet photos. Uh, pull your money together and contact Jordan Brady for the high demand price. If I you swear to God. <laughs> so just send me a cash app. What's my cash app name? J A Y R A S H E L L. 10,000 in the cash app with the, with the at <laughs> 24 hours. You got pictures. How many photos you send it? You can put a demand when it comes to feet. Fuck it. Tell me, you tell okay. me. Fair enough. So if you, if you, if you, I'm not responsible for how disappointed you are when you get them. Oh, by then the cash app is this out the account. It's gone. Mm-hmm. I'm not liable for satisfaction. If you want the Yeezy Adidas brand of feet, you contact Jordan. But if you want the Gap <laughs> brands, you know where to come, man. Hit up Chuck, bro. I'm giving them to the masses. A hundred bucks, and you getting all the pictures. I'll put them in bananas. I'll step on <laughs> shit. I don't give a fuck. Hundred bucks. Trying to get these AirPod Pros, baby. 
Mm-hmm. Paint them whatever color you want. I'll paint them. I will paint them. Now, the baby toe, he, he a little hurt. He'd be leaning to the side sometimes. But <laughs> I got pretty feet for a dude. I've been told that a few times. Who the fuck told you that? People tell me that. Say I got pretty feet. Okay. Not uh, pretty toes, not feet. My feet be hurt, but my toes look good. Okay. They cute. Like my daughter. When you put some lotion on them, which is a rare Rare. Feet. When I was in college, I used to just have baby oil, and I just put baby oil on my legs, and then asked me a few what days. How did you make friends in college? I just don't understand. I don't know. We was talking about that. Uh, <laughs> one of my... <laughs> One of my close friends and her boyfriend uh, came down there, the godparents of my daughter. We were talking about, just imagine, like, in 2009, do we really think we were going to be here? Us, <laughs> and their child is my godson. So we're all saying, like, us playing with our children. Let me tell you about my godson before we get <laughs> off the pot. Uh, shout out to, uh, I'm not going to say his real name. Shout out to my godson, Mo5. Uh <laughs> He, uh, we, before they left out, we was like, let's get a picture of the God siblings together, you know, something real cute. So, of course, I have a newborn. She ain't got net control, even though she can flip back and forth, which is very impressive for a two week old. She could flip over. We don't know how, but it's some Rigsby legs. She got strong legs. Charles, uh, the parents that's telling you the little shit that's not that big of a deal, but it's a big sh- deal. Shut the fuck up, fam. <laughs> I don't want to be like this, but I am. I'm a, I'm a whole parent. Uh, anyway. So we're trying to sit down Charlie in our dining room and we put set her up against the couch. So she kind of leaning. She's struggling. Uh, Mo five is one and he's active and he's tall and lanky as hell. Like he's real tall <laughs> for his age. So we were trying to like corral him to the couch. So, uh, Mo Five's dad picks him up, puts him on the couch, and as he's putting him down, Mo Five just like slings back, slaps the shit out of Charlie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Mo Five's dad has like been holding her. He wanted a daughter, so he's like been holding her and caressing her and shit. So as soon as Mo Five slapped Charlie, bam! <laughs> Mo Five just <laughs> see this kid down. We're like, oh shit! So we all like laugh, like, what in the fuck? Charlie loses her mind for a few seconds, like, ah. My father was just looking like, like, straight shook, like, uh, my nigga, did I do that? So I had to pick him up before he left and was like, hey, we got the the photos for this. I'm going to have to remind you about this when you're about six or seven, because we're going to have to square up off this one, cuz. But shout out to my guy, man. That shit was funny. <laughs> Straight All right. slap my baby. All right, B, like always, man. Go on, wrap us up. So we could wrap this up by hitting you with a bunch of cliche phrases like you're hearing everywhere else, like be the change you want to see in the world. All lives can't matter until black lives matter, yada, yada, yada. But because we are who we are, we just want y'all to know that from here on out, all racist activity will be met. With the same kind of pimp slap that Mo Five hit little Charlie with. Bless them children. <laughs> God bless the babies, man. <laughs> Lord. Uh yeah, I'm open hand slapping y'all. Like <laughs> like that. I'm here for that energy. With her around windmill. Go, 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 go,
What did five <laughs> fingers say to the face? What? Smack. <laughs> yeah, uh, like always, man, uh, when you're out in these streets, we all with your friends and family, or when you're home, uh, quarantining, as we should be doing, uh, just don't be the next man. Holla. Bye.